Frazier, ready to drop the truth once again. When you see that pyramid with the eye in it, you know that that's Neil Frazier. So when you're on the Landscurve.com or Landscurve platform, form, that is his parking spot. That is his area. That is where he rules. But the truth rules and goes out into the world. We got to make sure you recognize him as we have it branded. We had a wonderful conversation the other night, my brother. I'm looking forward to tonight's presentation. This is very much needed. Willie Lynch, 2023. What a catchy title, but it hits home hard. Oftentimes we look at Willie Lynch as though it's something in the past. Exactly. Very much alive and well and thriving, probably even so. More so because in the past, you know, it was lynching, but there's so many ways to get lynched. And a lot of us go along with it and even promote it unknowingly. So I know tonight you're going to share it and drop it down. I'm ready when you're ready. And um, I'm just so grateful for you, brother, and the work that you put out there. You're the real thing. As I always say, there are a lot of frauds who like to hear themselves talk, but didn't even read a book or even write anything or research anything. And you will put the work in. And only those who do that will be on this platform. And you're first and foremost, my brother. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Brother Lance. As, you know, as, as always, it's an honor to be on your show. And uh, every time I come on, I want to make sure that we share um, information that's important to the growth and development of our people, as you always do. And uh, I want to greet everybody out there. And uh, today's subject, oh, by the way, I just wanted to comment. Um, sure. Like, like everything, our great symbol of the pyramid was taken and plagiarized by another people. So um, you hear this talk about Illuminati and all, that is bull crap. That is our symbol from our ancestors. We're taking it back and we're not gonna allow people to take our sacred symbols and then put these evil demonic titles on them because these are sacred symbols. So thanks again, Brother Lance. We're gonna get right into the subject. As you said earlier, um, the fact of the matter is uh, that we are still dealing with the effects of the Willie Lynch theology. Um, one of the things uh, when I was researching this that I, I discovered that's very important, although I knew there was a gene, I didn't know what the name of the gene is, but it's called the FKBP uh, gene. It's a, a protein coding gene that actually um, it's a stress response that's passed down at the molecular level from generation to generation. And in our case, it was passed down, uh, this one study I was looking at, that it was so strong, it was the strongest one that they had ever seen. So when they tell our people, one of the reasons why they don't discuss, and, and again, as I go more into this, I see the need to really go through our history here with a fine tooth comb because we have just touched, scratched the surface of what really took place um, during the 465 years that we have experienced this uh, trauma. And uh, like Dr. Francis Cress Wilson said, 
you know, this was a, a trauma and torment, okay, on all levels for 25 generations. So <clears throat> the Willie Lynch love uh, letter, or I call it theology, let's look at who Willie Lynch was. Okay, and so as Lance said, the title of the show is Willie Lynch 2023. Those that forget the past are destined to repeat it. So Willie Lynch was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. And uh, in 1712, he was called to the Virginia colonies because uh, they were having trouble with controlling slaves. And also they were in great fear of the revolts that were taking place during that time because our people never once settled for being in the condition they were in. Okay, unlike we are today, they actively fought against this every single day. In fact, there, there were over 500 recorded revolts um, in history, and those are the ones that they recorded. So we know it's probably twice as many as that. But Willie Lynch was, uh, he was a, a slave owner, a vicious slave owner from the West Indies, and he came up with a, a plan. And when he, and the plan he came up with, he said that he was already using it on his plantation. And it was very effective. And when you look at the three, as a matter of fact, he made this statement. He said that the plans that I'm going to give you today is will self-perpetuate for 300 to even a thousand years. And this was like a prophetic utterance because certainly uh, in the 300 years since then, this has definitely borne out at a much, probably a much greater rate than even he anticipated. But, but what he said was <clears throat> that you must learn to use the differences that the slaves have, the natural differences against them. Uh, so let's go, let's go through this list, this short list I put together. There were definitely many more, but um, he said that you have to uh, set the slaves against each other uh, through fear, okay, through distrust, through age. And, and as I read over this, Think about how this applies to us today. By skin color, you put the male against the female. You make the female dependent and the male dependent solely on white people. Um, in some cases, when you have to make an example, lynch them. This is where the term lynching comes from. Okay, and also um, hair, hair texture, because naturally the slaves that um, had babies from, from the uh, owners, from the slave owners, from the masters, their hair was not gonna be as coarse as our natural hair of our sisters. So one of the things that was interesting to me um, was the size of the plantation. 
And when you look at our people today, you know, we're so, um, size means everything to us, okay? Your house, my house is bigger than yours. My car is bigger than yours, okay? I have more expensive clothes than you have. So you can, you can literally see the psychological um, effects of what he is asking them to do or telling them to do in terms of controlling their slaves. Um, some of the other uh, things that he recommended was uh, brainwashing using divide and conquer. Uh, we already talked about skin color, okay? Also, um, he talked about putting the house Negro against the field Negro and how you must reverse the natural tendency for the black woman to depend on the black man. So here you can see that they were very aware, okay, that they were going against the natural state, okay, that you are in, you know, because the creator made you this way, not to follow other people's narratives, but made you in such a way that your natural being is your strongest asset. So they knew that they had to reverse this. And the way that they did this, okay, was to break her spirit and also to turn her against the black man. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna cover a lot of this. I'm just going through um, basically what we're gonna discuss. Um, also, they they wanted to instill fear in the slaves. Okay, so we all know the story about how they beat the strongest slave half to death, you know, in front of the other slaves and the children, and how they tied both limbs to separate horses, shot a gun, caused the horses to go in different directions, and split the brother open in front of everybody. And, and so these type of tactics, okay, were used to traumatize the slaves for a reason. And as we go through it, it'll make it plain. Okay, also to devalue anything black. So whatever, um, you know, some of the slaves, they still had a lot of our um, spiritual ways in which we, um, you know, worship the creator, creatrix. And anything that had to do with this is why they demonize uh, voodoo, okay, or voodoo, because anything that had to do with blackness was devalued, as if it. And, and they still use the same tactic today, where anytime you discuss anything about ancient Egypt or um, our people who use their own spirituality, it's immediately demonized. Um, also, uh, we look at today the modern trauma with our children with the um, black and white doll experiment. And what's so very interesting about this experiment is that even though these were black children, okay, when they presented the two dolls to them, the white doll and the black doll, and they asked them, Okay, which doll is the pretty doll? 
without hesitation, they chose the white doll. Which doll is the smartest doll? Without hesitation, okay, they chose the white doll. Uh, which doll is the ugliest doll? Without hesitation. Now, imagine the psychological trauma that has to exist for a black child to know they're black and to choose their own selves as the ugliest and the dumbest. And, and this is how we know that this trauma, this intergenerational trauma, not only affected us, but now it's affecting our children. Even the ones as young, the ones in this study were between the ages, I believe, of three and seven. Okay. Uh, keep the slaves physically strong and psychologically weak. So, in other words, keep them strong enough that they can still produce in the field, but psychologically make them so weak that they'll be totally dependent on everything they need to get from us. And you know, again, when you break this stuff down and you look at it, okay, item per item, you can see, okay, without a shadow of a doubt, that all of these traits are passed down, okay? Now, let's go into the introduction before we actually get into the presentation because I have um, a few things that I want to cover before we actually get into um, the presentation. But according to Dr. Uh, Mario Bouquet, uh, who is a uh, psychologist, a trauma expert, she talks about the window of tolerance, okay, and that that window of tolerance was passed down in this FKBP5 uh, protein that I talked about, this coding protein, which signals our, our stress response. And, and it was amazing to find that very same pro, protein uh, coding gene in our children. Okay, and this is, this is the deception of the original seed. So, you know, I often talk about the fact that, you know, we've been indoctrinated to look at things from a physical perspective, but you have to look at this Willie Lynch theory, not only from a physical perspective, but from a psychological and a spiritual perspective. And I want to talk about, when we talk about uh, biblical narratives, how we were taught that, that, that there is a war, that there was a war in heaven, when in actuality, the real war is for heaven, okay? Because heaven and hell is a state of consciousness that we create here on the planet, okay? So we know that there, there was a war, there is a war, but it's a war for heaven. Because hell was created by this Luciferian energy, which have you in hell right now. But what have we uh, achieved from being in this hell while being deceived that through materialism we're living in heaven? 
okay? All we're doing is uh, actually serving counterfeit spirits, okay? Because the heaven that we're supposed to be creating has nothing to do with materialism. And so th this, is, this is one of the um, impacts that we can see directly that was used by Willie Lynch when he talked about how we use the different um, factors to, to keep it, to divide and conquer. Okay, so let's just look at one of the things that they say that's uh, a part of our society and our democracy or the Bill of Rights when they're really more like the Bill of Wrongs because there is no moral conscience. How do we know that? Because we know that the moral conscience is judged uh, based on the scale of my art. Okay, we, we know that truth, justice, righteousness, and balance, um, that these are things that cannot be compromised. And when you compromise them, then you're going out of your natural state. So <clears throat> let's look at, in 1968, in March of 1968, uh, then President Lyndon Baines Johnson, uh, he actually had a, um, he commissioned uh, the Kerner Commission to do a study on race relations in America. And uh, what they found out through this study was that there are two Americas, one black and one white, separate and unequal. And that the number one problem in America was white racism. And this is still true today. And, and we're talking, this study was done in 1968, okay? But this reads just like we're talking about 2023. And they also said that urban crisis was due to white institutionalized systemic racism and police brutality. Now I wanna read this current commission report again, because this directly proves that Willie Lynch actually uh, prophesized, for lack of a better word, the effects of what he was teaching these other slave owners would have on black people for the next 300 to 1,000 years. And this current report uh, could be for today, 2023. It said that there are two Americas, one black, one white, separate and unequal. And that the number one problem in America was white racism. And this is still true today because you still, we still have the majority of people thinking that, you know, we have moved beyond, okay, this period in our history when in fact, it's just recycling. Okay, but this is by design. Um, this system does not, the people that run this system do not want to dismantle this system no matter how much kumbaya <laughs> you experience. And that uh, urban crisis or what we're facing in the inner cities and wherever our people are, uh, that this crisis 
is due to white institutionalized systemic racism and police brutality. Now, one of the things they like to say is that we are dealing with a victim mentality. Yet, if you talk to any one of their psychiatrists or psychologists, they will tell you before they tell you anything else that trauma, a lot of times they, they go back to your childhood or to your parents, okay, or your, um, your primary environment, okay. But then if they discover, I'll give you an example. If you go to a hospital, they want your medical history for a reason because it's in your genes. It's in your bloodstream. Just like when you look at bloodlines, again, we have been indoctrinated to look at things from a physical perspective. But when you look at bloodlines, bloodlines are spiritual and psychological as well as physical. Okay? So they're spot on with this. Um, we know today that uh, there's a rise in hate groups um, just like it was in the plantation era. And that this is largely due to this uh, Luciferian energy, uh, which is creating hell on earth, or which has created hell on earth. Okay, and, and this energy has gotten stronger, actually, and it continues to get stronger. And, um, you know, this is something that we have to come to grips with. I don't, I don't think, you know, most, well, most of the black people that I talk to, um, you know, we have it built in to stay positive and we should, and to keep positive energy going forward. But there's also a danger in living in denial. So um, we must look at the actual reality that we, we are experiencing, okay? And then it's okay to say, okay, so then we know what we're facing. Let's talk about some of the ways in which we're gonna move from beyond this. Okay, so <clears throat> this is uh, one of the things that uh, we have to definitely look at, okay? We have to look at the fact that we have a natural enemy. And that natural enemy is based on the fact that you as a natural melanated being have connections with the elements such as the sun, okay, that puts you in direct contrast to other people. Okay, this is not something that Neil Frazier or Lance Gerb is saying, this is a scientific fact. Okay, so, we know we have a natural enemy. Our enemy knows that they have a natural enemy. Okay. And here's something I'm going to say that's going to make our people uncomfortable. I already know this. Um, but this is a fact. Okay. That the creator is not the same God that you worship in churches. Okay. Let me say that again. The creator and the creatrix spirit of the universe is not the same God that you are worshiping in churches. The God that you were taught to worship in churches is the ruler 
of the empire of hell here on earth. Now, I know a lot of people are going to get upset about that. Don't send Lance a whole bunch of, you, you can, you know, you can send it to my email, academyofnature1 at gmail.com. And the reason, the, the proof of that, okay, is that hell is uploading evil through false pretenses and deceptions by counterfeit spirits that have deceived you to believe that they have your best interests at heart when every day they are fighting to make sure that you are locked in this hell. You weren't about some devil underneath the ground, okay? That is not what we're facing, okay? So the goal is to keep you and your children in the real hell that we're in. Okay, so let's talk about, it's funny because I make a lot of little notes on the side of my regular notes, so um, bear with me here. But we're going to talk about how this Willie Lynch syndrome, what the um, actual statistical results of this psychological and physical trauma and spiritual trauma, uh, what the results, they're undeniable. You know, and people do a lot of talking in terms of trying to explain things away or doing double speak, okay, to shift the real responsibility of what has been done to another area. You know, we've, we've been taught to do that as well. But we have the statistical proof here. Um, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to examine it, and we're going to see that the Willie Lynch letter and the theology of it, these are the results of what it has produced over the last 300 years. Uh, so uh, these are statistics that are from the last five years. These are not 300-year-old statistics, okay? The Well, when you tie them all together, they run in a 300-year span. But I'm talking about these are the statistics that are a result of this Willie Lynch theology today from 2018 to 2023, okay? Um, and uh, these statistics come from the U.S. Uh, labor and consumer statistics, okay? Uh, first, let's look at uh, what the results of old, older and younger black people not being able to consolidate together and build together, what it produces when you reach my age, okay? So you work for 40 or 50 years in this system, okay? But between the ages of 60 and 70, the retirement ages, the average median net worth, and we have been bamboozled, okay, for blacks. Now, I hope you're listening to this very carefully. We're not, this is not slavery numbers. This is now, 2023. 
So anytime somebody tell you, oh, that was back in slavery, that don't have nothing to do with them, you need to refer to these statistics today. The medium income, and this makes me sick to even read this, for blacks today is $46,200. So when you have worked in this system for 40, 50 years and you retire, okay, um, which even at my age, I, can't, I haven't retired yet, okay, is only $46,200. In contrast, whites between the age of 60 and 70 years old, I hope you're sitting down, is $331,700. Now, again, we're not talking about slavery or 50 years ago. We're talking about these are numbers from the U.S. Labor and Consumer Statistics Administration, okay? So, you know, you always hear these, these people out here with this double speak deceiving our people, okay? But the fact of the matter is this, Willie Lynch was right. Because when you look at uh, uh, what we generate as a people, it's over a trillion dollars. But look at, look at what the net worth is if you, when you reach 60, 60 years old. 46,200 as opposed to whites, it's just $331,700, okay? So again, of course, I see why they go to church and clap and worship the God that they're worshiping. I see why, if you want to be real about it, but I don't see why our people are because Again, you know, I don't want people calling Lance and sending emails or whatever, but I'm not here to play no games, okay? Our people are living in hell. I don't care how much uh, they show you of the, this half of 1% of people that they have given this fiat money to. Our net worth is peanuts, okay? You can't even survive in America today less than $50,000 a year. And that puts you at the bottom of the totem pole, okay? So we're still living in a slave system economically. Um, but let's look at what the results of what the Willie Lynch syndrome, what it has, the effects that it has had on us. And when you look at this, um, one, of the, one of the reasons why we still have issues is because we still purchase material things that were created by the people who have you in hell in order to have some gain some type of status, okay? Uh, and, and so blacks spend the most money, okay, on retail items. Now we're talking about retail items. We know that you have to pay rent, mortgage, buy food and transportation. We know that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about things that you don't okay, that you don't need to be spending all this money on. Okay. But on retail items, 
Number one is cars. And uh, when you look at the, uh, reading the statistics for the cars that are insured, um, it's almost 100% more than white people. Okay, so, you know, they put up these pictures to you on Lamborghinis and all these different things. Um, that's not what they spend their money on. You do. You spend your money on, on cars. There, as a matter of fact, there are some people that have the same cars that they have had for 30 years, 20 years. But because they need to sell cars, they're constantly showing you people riding around in these new cars. Now, it's nothing wrong with having a new car, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that one or two is enough, <laughs> okay? So some of that can be used for other purposes if we think collectively. But again, one of the things that comes along with this purchasing all these cars and these expensive cars, um, which have no accessory value, and they drop in value as soon as you drive them off the lot, is that we're, we're comparing it against each other. Oh, well, I have a Mercedes and you're driving a Toyota. See, these are, these are the psychological aspects of what the Willie Lynch theory is. Okay, so even today, a lot of our young women won't even talk to, we have good young brothers. But if they're riding on the bus or if they're uh, driving a Toyota, and Toyotas are good cars, I'm just saying just using it as an example, then they're taught that this person is somehow doesn't have any value or self-worth, okay? I'll never forget, um, I don't know, I think I told Nancy this story before, but when I was working for uh, the Marriott Corporation, I was uh, working at night, as a manager for Roy Rogers restaurant in Baltimore, because I had to work a second job. My wife at the time, uh, you know, she was sick with our, um, with our daughter. And uh, I was, uh, I remember <laughs> going to this meeting. It's a big, we had them once a year. And uh, all of us were dressed, you know, at that time, three-piece suits or what have you. And uh, it's about close to a thousand people there. And uh, in walks this guy with an open collar, a blazer, jeans on, and cowboy boots. And we're looking, we're looking. And, uh, you know, soon as he came to the table, the people that were the regional managers stood up. He sat down. They passed them, um, uh, I guess, a receipt for all of the food and the two days we stayed there. He signed his name. And uh, later, uh, I heard some people saying, oh, that's J.W. Uh, Marriott or his son. Like, really? He's the only one without a tie or a suit on. So, again, we have been taught that these things give us some type of status where
people who really have assets don't look at that again. And we've been deceived in that area. Okay, so rather than, than coming together and building something with what we have, we'd rather wear expensive clothes and drive expensive cars and then look at each other and say, yeah, I'm better than you. Okay, because I have this and you don't. So, <clears throat> so you have to look at the effectiveness of the Willie Lynch letter. We can't deny this because we see it in the behavior of our not only ourselves, but in our children as well. Okay, the other uh, four things real quickly that we spend our money on is clothing, expensive clothing, um, luxury items that are um, related to clothing. Uh, also jewelry, um, Air Jordans were up there on the list. And of course, electronics. Um, now let's talk about some of the statistics that uh, affect us today as a result of that, as well as we continue to go down and look at this. Because again, you have people saying, well, why are you talking about slavery? And why are you still talking about how we were treated in slavery when we know, okay, that in order for us to move forward, okay, corporations spend billions of dollars looking at the marketing trends or looking at, you know, um, what they have done over the years, the decades, to look at how they can improve um, you know, their products and also who who's buying the products. So it's the same thing with us. Okay, this is this is the mistake that we make as a people that all other people do it. Okay, so when you're looking at, uh, well, first of all, you're looking at the stolen generational wealth, okay, um, basically from inventions and land that has produced these statistics. So white Americans hold 84% of US wealth, but make up only 60% of the population. Let me say that again. White Americans hold 84% of US wealth, but make up only 60% of the population. Blacks hold only 4% of the US wealth and are 13% of the US population. So again, we're confused about what wealth and fiat is. And this is why we're in a very vulnerable position right now, okay? Because when they do change, flip over to everything digital, we're gonna be in a situation where we're not gonna be able to recover as easy as well, right now, we still have time, okay? We still have time if we take a serious look at our position and stop trying. Here's the other thing too, okay? And this comes from the deception of trying to make the 0.5% uh, seem like 50% of our people, okay? Again, we're talking about 0.5% of 1% of our people that are in this category that uh, the, the over 84% 
of white Americans are in, okay? So um, a lot of times it's because we have been trained not to look at reality, okay? And we cannot afford to do this moving forward anymore. It's going to be too costly to us as a people. Okay, um, Blacks, uh, let's see. Okay, 13%, we're 13% of the population, yet 17.1% of us live below the poverty line, whereas only 8.6% of whites, and this is study was done in 2020, three years ago, not in slavery time. Okay, whites uh, are only, only 8.6% of whites live below the poverty line. And we know they are sick, they are 60% of the US population, where we are 13%, but 17.1% live below the poverty line. But get this, when you uh, figure across all ethnicities in the US, okay, that's including everybody, only 11.5% live below the poverty line. Now, again, we as black people have to start looking at us, okay? Looking at the mistakes we have made, the trauma that we are subject to, and the solutions we need to come up with, and, and stop worrying about what other people think, okay? It, it's no more time for that. It doesn't matter what they think. We're looking at cold, hard numbers that the people that run this system and the majority of this 60% that we're talking about know this. And see, this is one of the reasons I have a problem with the way these people smile in our face, okay, and pretending that blacks are, or like I heard one, one person say the other day, well, why are blacks still complaining? You mean because we can go to the same restaurant that you go to? We should be happy? I'm not sure what they mean by that, but the numbers speak for themselves. Okay? So we, we are the highest group that live below the poverty line. All right? Let's look at the average black household. Okay? Now, as I said earlier, money is not our problem. It's what we spend it on, okay? But still, oh boy, we're still in a situation where uh, we spend, the average black household spend $36,149 each year on these um, retail items that have no accessible value. And that's 80% of our pre-tax income. So why are we thinking that this Willie Lynch um, syndrome applies to slavery? Why are we thinking that? Because these numbers are a direct result of di divide and conquer 
and all the ways. And I was thinking about when they were talking about, um, there were a lot of other factors that he said that I didn't talk about, such as um, whether they're from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, whether they live on a hill, whether they live in a valley. And I started thinking about how some of the, um, anywhere you go where our people live, the first thing they ask is, where are you from, man? Who gives a damn about that? And this has our people fighting against each other, okay? Where people from other countries, they go all over the place. They don't ask nobody. Uh, it, it doesn't matter, okay? They still work together. But if it's somebody is from a different area or region that, of the country that you're from, this causes black people to go against each other. We don't own any of these cities. We don't own any of these states. Hell, we don't even own a community. So why, if you see another black person, you should embrace them. This is your best hope and the best hope for your children to progress. No other people think this way. So, you know, we have to give credence to this Willie Lynch theology. Okay, and again, those that forget the past are destined to repeat it, which we are. It's like we don't even know the past. I don't even like calling it the past because it may be the past in terms of chronological order and how we look at time, but time is uh, circular. It's not linear like we've been taught. We, we are 360 degree beings or 720 degree beings when you fit, factor in our metaphysical capacity, like, like a certain West African tribe. I don't want to say their name because they're so sensitive about, you know, when we talk about the truth about our people and how they originated everything. So, but, um, you know, this is more relevant today than it was 300 years ago or at least the results of it are. But here's why I said that our problem is not money. We're projected, our projected spending power. And this is why they always use the term spending because they know you're gonna give it right back to them. Okay. They don't say uh, our projected accessual value. They say our projected spending power, okay, is $1.8 trillion in 2024. But let me show you how misleading that is. That's a lot of money, okay? The medium consumption of the black consumer is 13.4% higher than the national average. Now, with all of these factors that have us on the bottom economically, yet we are still the highest consuming people on the planet, 13.4%. These are astounding numbers. Uh, 
52% of black people spend their money on retail shopping compared to 26% of all of the other U.S. population. We have got to turn this around. We have got to stop. Every time I go somewhere, I see our kids coming out with shopping bags full of this garbage. Okay. How in the world are we 52% okay, of the consumers in the retail market? This is insanity. You know, and, and at some point, we can't blame other people now. Yeah, no, we cannot. This is our children spending this kind of money. And where did they get these habits from? Here's another statistic why we shouldn't, really shouldn't do it. Blacks earn 59 cents on the dollar to every one dollar earned by whites but yet we spend double what they spend in retail shopping now how does that make sense so i had a statistic here um that really shed some light on how crazy this is uh Uh, maybe I didn't write it down, but uh, it was, oh, yeah, I know what it was. So even though we have 1.8 trillion, that's what we're projected to have in spending power, okay? We have a net worth that's 14% lower than the U.S. population. Now, how does that make sense? When you you have the spending power of, of, of one point, it's what you're spending it on. Now, if you were spending it on other things besides cars, okay, besides uh, jewelry, besides clothing and Air Jordans, it would be different. But here's the, the, the last two statistics I'm gonna read that's really mind blowing. And this is something that we really need to talk about. Um, our sisters really need to have some conversations about this because actually you're more beautiful without these things. Okay. But black men and women spend an average of 17% on designer clothes compared to 9% of whites. So the average white person, you see them probably, you, you might laugh at, you know, the clothes that they're wearing but they're paying half of what you pay for it. But it's no laughing matter when they have $331,700 in net worth and you only have $46,000. Here's the one where we really have to now, you know, our sisters are beautiful. They look beautiful when they make themselves up and do all this stuff. But now we, we really have to, we have to look at this because this is directly from the Willie Lynch theory, okay, where you have traded your natural beauty for unnatural, artificial looking individual. And let's look at the numbers. 86% of black women, no, 
Black women spend 86% of the what is purchased on hair and beauty products is purchased by 86% of black women. That's what I want to So now that means that all the other 24%, okay, of all the women in the United States compared to our women. Only 24% of them are responsible for spending for hair. And you, I mean, you single-handedly keep this industry thriving, but we don't have any black uh, manufacturing, uh, female manufacturing beauty supply. I, I think the statistics I saw, this was uh, about a year ago, there, there are four major beauty product manufacturers and hair product manufacturers uh, around the country. And then there are about ooh, hundreds of subsidiaries. But three of them are Asian and one is white. There are no black, even though black women, 86% of them are responsible for the wealth of this industry. None of them own any of the subsidiaries. And then on top of that, the, the ones that do have the small companies, they have um, issues where, believe it or not, these Koreans were trying to block them from getting the products they need to put on their shelves. I was uh, 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 at a store in Oakland one day and uh, I saw this sister, because I was curious, I had heard these numbers before, and I said, oh, I said, are you the owner of this beauty shop? She said, yeah. I said, uh, tell me something. Is it true that the um, Asian or Korean um, uh, subsidiaries are trying to block you from getting the products you need on your shelf? She said, oh, yeah, it's true. We fight with them all the time. She said, come in and look. I walked around the beauty shop. They and I hardly have anything on the shelves. I was like, wow. I was like, she was like, well, what happens is when we, let's say we run out of a, a product that's um, popular, okay, it'll take us a month before we can restock it. Yeah. So we're 13% of the population, okay, yet 17.1% of us live below the poverty line. Okay, these numbers are based on 2020 statistics, whereas only 8.6% of whites live below uh, the uh, poverty rate. But the most intriguing number is that across all ethnicities in the United States, 11.5% live below the poverty line. So that means at 17.1%, we are the, uh, and, you know, I keep telling people this, when you go in these cities, you see a lot of homeless black people, okay? Not, not just that, the black people who are not homeless are still struggling um, to survive, okay? And that's because 17.1% live below the poverty line, 
when supposedly we're only 13 to 14% of the whole US, US population. So we're, we're upside down. So no matter what anyone tells you, a lot of this is the results of this Willie Lynch theory that um, produces divide and conquer, the divide and conquer mentality. Um, okay, so also uh, I was saying that money is not our problem. What we spend it on is, okay, so the average household, black household, as hard as this is to believe, after we take care of the three basic necessities of rent, mortgage, food, and transportation, $36,149 each year, which is 80% of our pre-income tax is spent on retail items. Um, and this has a lot to do with the fact that we feel like we need to have some type of status or something that, you know, to add to ourselves. So, so us in our natural state, we don't feel good enough. Okay. Whereas there are people that, you know, and, and I'm saying I like to look nice. Everybody likes to look nice, but I don't have to buy, you know, expensive clothes to do that with just because it has these people names on it and you're spending three or four hundred dollars for that okay this is this is you know it's time out for that but more importantly our children are going into these retail outlets and they're coming out with shopping bags uh of four and five hundred dollars okay and this is two or three times a month that they're doing this so we, we really have to get a grip on this and we really have to look at the dynamics that cause this, okay? Um, the other statistic that's very important, I wanna make sure I get this on the record, that uh, our projected spending power in 2024 is $1.8 trillion, that's a lot of money, <laughs> okay? There are countries around the world that don't even have this and their entire uh, budget, their country's budget, or their gross national product. Uh, <clears throat> the median, median consumption of the black consumer is 13.4% higher than the national average. This has to change too, okay? Now, how in the world are we 17% below uh, the poverty level, but yet we spend on average 13.4% higher than the national average. See, a lot of this stuff uh, we have to take responsibility to, for as well, okay? We can't keep blaming the system because we're dealing with what the system was designed to do, and that is to keep us and our children in hell. But we're continuing to do the same behavior. Okay, decade after decade, generation after generation. 52% uh, of black people spend their money 
on retail shopping compared to 26% of the U.S. population. Okay, so that's double. So we're spending twice as much money as everybody else in the United States on retail products. Okay, but again, this goes directly back to this need for status through fiat and materialism that is a result of this Willie Lynch theory. Okay, whereas as long as we feel that our egos make us think that we're better than a, the next brother and sister, then we're satisfied with that, no matter how much money we have to spend. Okay, so, and then on top of that, blacks only earn 59% on every dollar to a dollar, every dollar that's earned by whites. Black men and women spend on an average 17% on designer clothes compared to only 9% of whites. And as I was saying earlier, 86% of the money spent in this industry, and I had to go back and, and I had to research this across certain spectrums because this was just unbelievable. And we're talking 20, uh, this study was done in 2020 on hair and on beauty products. Now I wanna make something very clear that 86% is too high. 25% is too high. This is, this is insanity, okay? Our women do not need this hair and these beauty products for because of their natural beauty. They don't need this. But more importantly, if you're going to do it, and I don't know if this was on the record before I muted myself. I don't know how I did that. But um, there are four regional uh, distributors for um, for uh, beauty products in the United States. Okay. Now, I'm not talking about the subsidiaries. I'm talking about manufacturers. Three of them are Asian and one is white. There are no black manufacturers of beauty products. Yet our women, 86% of the consumers in this market. So that means out of all the other women in the United States, only 24%. <laughs> this is incredulous. I can't even get the word out. I'm so stunned. I, and I kept looking at this. So if this is going to be the case, then we need to have some kind of symposium where our women are coming together, okay, and saying, okay, we got to have a piece of this pie and establish some type of, if not manufacturing uh, company, uh, a subsidiary that's directly. So how it works in America is you have the major corporations, which we don't own and control and can't even go to them okay, to get anything done, let alone any capital investments in our communities. So the subsidiaries, which are like the uh, middle management, hundreds of them, maybe thousands of them, um, they uh, are the ones that make sure that the um, products are distributed to the different outlets. And so what's interesting, 
um, I uh, talked to a sister in Oakland one day and I said, uh, are you the owner of this store? She said, yeah. I said, is it true that the Koreans and other Asians are blocking you from getting your product? She said, oh yeah. She said, come in and look at my shelves. So I went in and I looked and half the shelves are empty. I said, well, this has got to affect your bottom line. She said, they're trying to put us out of business. Now think about this. People who have come here that have built their riches off the backs of our people and the money of our people are now trying to block our sisters from having some type of prosperity and you won't fight back? See, this is part of the problem, but we have no collective organizations to deal with this. But yet 86% of our women are the ones that's purchasing these products, this hair and beauty products. Because Willie Lynch, okay, had us going black against white, uh, skinny against fat, you know, uh, to have this um, Europeanized look that our women are trying to get. Whereas your natural beauty is the most beautiful on the planet, okay? But the point I was trying to make is, if you know that they are actively, the people that you are responsible for even being in business and being not being on the streets, okay, are actively trying to block you, then why won't you fight back? What is wrong? What, what is the reason why we feel like we have to be kumbaya with everybody when nobody else gives a damn about us? This has got to change, man. You know, there was a time, and I can remember, um, when, you know, I used to think the same way, I mean, decades ago, you know, that maybe there was some type of chance of... Uh, you know, if we do certain things and, you know, people will say, okay, well, we'll allow them to get a piece of the pie because they have basically get, uh, established this wealth for us and our descendants. That's never going to happen. You know why? Because the other people that are coming to this country and that have now been here for all these generations do the same thing to you. They use the same playbook. Okay? Now, if our women can't get some of these subsidiaries, then they should boycott that industry. Okay? And I'll go on record saying that. That they should boycott the hair and the beauty product industry unless we get some type of um, Black-owned subsidiaries that can distribute the products to um, our stores where our sisters need to have their inventory and not somebody blocking them from getting, you know, especially. And she said, it, it, you know, it's so detailed in terms of what they're doing. They even know the products that's your highest selling items. 
And those are the ones that take the longest for them to get. Now that's deliberate. That's somebody that's deliberately trying to keep you in a hell situation. That the, you're talking about you are pray for them. Okay. Now this craziness has got to stop. Okay. And I'm calling on today. Because our sisters are 86% of the economic sovereignty of this industry. Then damn it. They need to demand something for it. And this is our problem. We never demand anything from all these people that's getting our $1.8 trillion. Or last year, $1.3 trillion. Okay, so let's look at some other things. Now, we looked at the statistics, so that cannot be denied. But let's look at the psychosocial aspect of it. And how we how we got to this point and, and how we can effectively attack this now. But we must continue to look at the psychosocial aspect of how this Willie Lynch syndrome. And, and we cannot forget what you know as the past. We cannot forget this because it's not really the past. It's what's happening now. OK, it's the same thing. So. As I said earlier, they studied you, okay? Just like they do today, all right? And they focus on the black female. How did they do this? Okay, they did this um, by using a principle. And, and again, they, they always use these principles that go against nature. That's why I made the statement earlier that you are not worshiping the same God when you go to these churches that they are, okay? Because <laughs> the creator creatrix, okay, is part of, part of nature, okay? And since you have turned your back on your natural selves, you're worshiping something other than the creator of the universe. I don't know exactly what it is, but... Uh, but what they did with the um, with the uh, the psyche of the black female, they focused on her because, of course, the mother is the one that perpetuates the lineage, okay, the maternal lineage of a, of a people. Okay, uh, what they did is they reduce you from your natural state by breaking you in like they break in horses. In fact. Uh, this was uh, some of the things that Willie Lynch was talking about, that you have to break the female like you um, break a female horse. Okay. So you were actually made into a slave through these inhumane um, uh, methods. And uh, you know, this is why they fear retribution today. Okay. But they, they actually put you in a situation where um, they broke your will to resist. That was the goal. And also, you know, he said that if you break a female mother from her natural state and train her to eat out of your hands, this is the terminology that was used, that she will subconsciously train her offsprings, okay, to be submissive to your will. So 
you know, we're looking at a dichotomy here where they know, okay, just like today, they know if they put our women in certain situations that they are going to subconsciously pass this down to the offspring, not just, you know, through physical ways, but through their subconscious, through their biology, through their genes, through their bloodline, you know, even spiritually. Okay, um, in, in the, one of the most inhumane ways that they did this, as hard as this is to believe, that they beat women with a bullwhip. Now, now, I don't know how many of you have seen a bullwhip, okay, with the spikes on them, but when they beat them into submission, okay, and nobody was coming to rescue them. And this is where this deep desire for being rescued comes from. Okay, this, this is why we look to individuals to rescue us, leaders, rather than realizing that we already, just like with Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, you, you had the power to go home all the time. So we're looking for these saviors like you've been taught, okay? When all we have to do is get a group of people come together collectively, put a goal out there, and then achieve it together. And then get other groups that you collaborate with. These are simple methods that can be used. But again, you have been taught and indoctrinated through all of these ways, okay? to hate each other, okay, to a point where you can't even trust each other, all right? So, again, they, they, the goal was to reverse our natural state. The results of this, which we see today, is that she would raise boys and girls in reverse roles, okay? So, the boys were taught to be a little more less assertive, because the overseers and the white males would, just like today, where our men are effeminized because black male virility is still a threat to the system. So we can see how this over a 300 year period, okay, where our, our women still do this today out of fear of our boys being killed, okay, or something happening to them because of their natural strength, okay, not just their natural strength physically, but their natural confidence. And that's why the system still has problems with confident uh, males. You take uh, uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. I was glad that he recognized that. This is where this hatred for, for him comes from. It doesn't have anything. This, this more than anything else, where um, they cause our women to actually reverse, whereas they taught the girls to be assertive because they weren't a threat 
to the overseers, the white males. So the girls, and then they could manipulate them. But the boys, in many cases, you know, a lot of them couldn't even speak up for themselves. Okay. So the other thing that they did to cause this reaction was to kill off the black male image, okay? Uh, and to uh, create a dependency on white males. Now, let me say that again. I didn't say it correctly. One of the goals as well uh, from the Willie Lynch syndrome was to kill off uh, the protective male image. So in other words, by taking all the strongest males on the plantation, you know, butt breaking them, putting them out to show that they could defend the females, then they created a psychological trauma that was passed down where anything in nature, okay, or you can even look at um, if a lion was, uh, you know, beaten down and taken away from the lioness, that there would, there would be some type of effect with that. So the same thing that they did with us, okay, and this cannot be denied, but the point that I was trying to make or am making from this is that when you remove the natural protective image of a man, because a man naturally is a protector or supposed to be, and you remove that, then they have to de be dependent on the white male for protection. Okay, so th these are things that uh, we can readily see the effects of this today. Um, Let's look at uh, let's look at some other ways in which this actually um, has transpired over the last three hundred years, um, and for them him to say that it could probably possibly perpetuate itself for a thousand years that is uh, that's something to really think about. That we really have to work towards cutting that off and making that a, a um, false statement. But 10% of the people on the plantation control 90% of melanated people. Now, in order for that to be done, okay, this absolutely could not be done without the paid collaboration amongst melanated people. Now, when I say, when I say paid, it doesn't have to just be paid in fiat, okay? It could be paid in many ways. What they do is recognition, where they put one person above the other. This is um, why you see the so-called rappers, the ones that they um, pay and put up in front of our children to emulate are the ones that are degradating our culture. Okay, they'll pay them more money and the young conscious ones, male and female, they quickly learn that if they do or say anything pertaining to the growth and development of our culture, they're gonna be penalized. 
This cannot be denied or they won't even be recognized. Okay, and the majority of them are not recognized. So they are rewarded in other ways, not just through fiat. Okay, so, and this, the other, the other thing that they do is, um, and this is part of the collaboration, okay, where if you are, again, doing things that will destroy or self-destruction, okay, of your own community, then you're going to be rewarded. You're going to get the most attention. You're going to get the most fiat. And you're going to be rewarded for this behavior. And, and you'll even go on camera, okay, and talk about and, and lie about our people and say things, okay, that are equivalent to gut punches against our people. So this is the hell that you're living in. So this is what I mean when I, when I say that the, the, you're in a war for heaven. Okay, not a war in heaven. You're in a war for heaven. Okay, and if you don't create this heaven, then those that have created a hell for you will continue to turn up the heat on you. Okay, and this this is what the this goal was, or is. So the divide and conquer strategy, black versus black. Black versus brown, black versus copper or red, and black versus yellow. So this is, this is the most effective way to keep you from um, collaborating with those who are melanated people who want to grow and develop. Mainly, it's black on black. Okay, and so if you are continuing, okay, to do the same things every day that have us in the condition that we're in, then we're going to continue to get the same results year in and year out. Um, the other, the other way that um, they attacked us using this Willie Lynch theory is they attack your nature through language, okay? Through euphemisms, euphemisms, okay? Okay, so that's basically doublespeak, okay? Or, or as the native, natives used to say, the original people used to say, uh, speaking with forked tongues. Okay, and you can debate all you want about who the original people, melanated people, okay? I'm not here today to debate any of that. I'm just talking facts right now. Uh, so with this euph euphorism, um, it's used, it, with actually the uh, terminology, euphorism, is uh, information or a positive word or phrase used to avoid a painful reality or to avoid hurting someone's feelings, okay? And uh, an example would be exchanging uh, the word killings, okay, which is actually what they're doing to um, the human rights arbitrary loss of life. 
okay, or innocent deaths of citizens, okay, which actually switches the actual facts of, of that reality to something that soothes you and you can accept more. Or, or jargon, okay, which is a specialized use uh, uh, within an industry or a group such as a medical group, a legalese, or what um, airline codes, or, or uh, even people in the mechanical industry, there's certain codes and language. This is what jargon is. So there is a code that the system use, a jargon that they use, <clears throat> okay, that's a part that's attached to this Willie Lynch theory that also perpetuates this, um, this psychological dynamic that keeps our people confronting each other, okay, in an aggressive manner without being able to work things out and work together. Um, we look at the psychological roots of self-destruction. Okay, what are what are some of the psychological roots of self-destruction? Um, one is that <clears throat> the reason why we value um, let's just look at how we value women from other cultures rather than our own. Um, this comes from. A lot of this comes from the fact that white men could, uh, they could rape black women at will, whichever one they chose. It could be teenagers. And we were powerless to stop it. But on the other hand, black men were killed, like Emmett Till, for just looking at white women. Okay, we, we know this is, we have a long history in this country of this behavior. But on this, these are some of the psychological roots of self-destruction. Um, the language of slavery, um, where you, while you had the divide now, the house nigga and the field nigga, where the house Negro was saying our, okay? Every time something, oh, is our house on fire? Okay. You know, these are, these are the types of um, doublespeak language that, as a psychological effect on you. When you look at this system of hell as part of your system or part of who you are, then this is what causes the schism. And then not only that, but in order for you to see yourself as part of this system, then that means that you have to go against the very natural people that you were birthed out of. So again, you give away your birthright or, or in order to experience this hell on earth that you have been deceived to think is heaven. Okay, um, words are used against you. Okay, again, I like to use this because a lot of the collaborators that they're paying that I see um, you know, they um, basically uh, speak against you. They speak against our culture. And I often wonder when I'm looking at these black people um, that do this, oh, I guess you didn't have a black mother or sister or a daughter or an auntie 
or a cousin. Hmm. Interesting. So you can um, degradate black women, but yet you came out of a black woman. How, how smart does that make you? Also, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're the top retail consumers in, in the country, have been for decades. Um, and the fact that this comes from, again, this is an effect, okay, the cause and the effect of the Willie Lynch syndrome or theory, as I like to call it. Um, we're status seekers. This is why we glorify people that you call pastors. We glorify people who are, are in positions in this system that they glorify. Um, they, they give you a title. Rather than you wanting your own business, they'll give you a title in one of these companies. And oftentimes, you're promoted to that title if you are not, you know, um, one of the characters, if you don't display one of the characteristics that they hate in black men, which is self-confidence, okay, able to speak up for yourself. Okay, you're a natural leader. And if you don't show any uh, feminine traits where you're not, threatening. Now imagine someone being so sensitive and feminine themselves where when they have to deal with the real man, it's a, it, it bothers them. So all you have to do is look at the dynamics of this and you'll see it for what it really is. Okay, but again, you know, the top five retail items that Blacks purchase are cars, almost at 100% more than anybody else, uh, more than whites, and uh, clothes, jewelry, air Jordans, and electronics. The other thing, okay, that has happened um, as a result of this Willie Lynch theory is we're now the number one media consumers. Now, and I, I wanna say something about this because I had to look at this from a different angle that throughout the history of media, we've been, you know, kept off of media. And in fact, even to this day, all of the popular television shows, you don't see black people. Um, you used to see more black people back in the day. But again, it's just a small token fraction or a token person or persons Okay, so this was some of the psychological um, things I was talking about where they'll give one person attention and take the attention away from you. And this is why black people crave um, attention now that we have access to the media. But again, you know, it's like we're so addicted to it that we have astronomical statistics <clears throat> above anybody else. We spend 11 hours more per week watching TV. 
And this figure right here just blew me away. Okay, 50 hours and 38 minutes per week. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 11 hours per day more when it averages out, not week. On a weekly basis, it's 50 hours and 38 minutes. This is crazy per week compared to the total population of the U.S. And this explains the attacks on YouTube because I had to sit down and really think about this. Okay, our people are really into, okay, social media. And, and one of the reasons is, and, and I believe Lance did uh, a couple of shows on this, whereas uh, this is also being used against us because they know these same numbers and I'm quoting to you. So we have to be careful. But then I started looking at, uh, okay, so if these numbers, astronomical numbers are true, this explains why we have all these attacks on each other on YouTube and other places. Because again, it's like the crab in the barrel effect where we're attacking each other, okay, because we don't want one to have more attention than the other. Okay, or we don't want one to seem like they're more intelligent or smarter than the other. These are all results of this Willie Lynch syndrome, okay, directly. And, and the more I looked at it, I was like, okay, this makes sense now. This makes sense why, you know, again, they have our people attacking each other because we're, this is a way, like when you put two dogs or you put two cocks in a ring and they're fighting each other, they're fighting to the death, okay? Because they know if they keep you off the big screen in even the movies, that, and you only have, because blacks are naturally creative. And so we naturally crave the limelight because we're sun people. You know, and this creativity is bottled up. It's almost like, you know, it's ready to bust out. But when you have somebody deliberately, you ever seen where you have a, a, a cap over something and underneath it's just ready to blow? This is the condition that they have our people in. And this is also by design. Um, but the majority of the time is spent on video, audio, social networking, than uh, the total population on both smartphones and tablets. Okay. Uh, so let's look at uh, let's look at what 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 are some of the other uh, reasonings for this. So let's look at the social psychological impact. Okay. Whereas again. One of the reasons why we are status seekers through consumerism, okay, is because our self-worth has been attacked constantly for the last, uh, what, 25 generations, constantly, okay? So let's look at the, the Willie Lynch economic slavery syndrome impact. The first thing they did okay, was the destruction of the black family structure. So this meant the loss of economic power. 
um, when you when you um, look at uh, was a Dr. Chancellor Williams and his work, his great work on uh, the destruction of Black civilization. Um, I remember him making a statement that um, we were told that we came from a land of savages and that only through the grace of God and the white man that we were brought here in chains and delivered. Now think about that. So this is what I was saying earlier that you're not worshiping the same God that they're worshiping in these churches because on these ships or here on Turtle Island when they came here, uh, they actually prayed every every night, read scriptures, okay? And they did that to justify, you know, that they were connected to, to a God that would overlook the pure evil that they were uh, distributing out to other to human beings okay so the other thing that they did um here is uh there's native the native one of the native languages that was spoken here the first bible was uh actually uh actually written in that language okay so these are these are deliberate acts the first language in america and first bible in america was printed in that native indian language okay so these are deliberate acts when you break it down you can look at it but yet we still have our people today thinking that there are people in this system that are concerned about our well-being. Okay, if that was the case, we wouldn't have, because a system is just a structure. The real system is the people that are in the system. So, you know, it's our failure to realize that at least 80%, okay, could be 90%, of the people that benefit from this system are all in this system. They're, they're not gonna try to do anything to change it. You That has to come from you. Um, the other ways in which we, were, we are affected is fiat worship. We worship money, materialism. We already talked about status seekers. Okay, we worship a piece of paper. I remember um, when I was working at ARE in DC, I would pass, I was living on 14th and F Street down from Union Station. And you know, I'd walk home from school some evenings and uh, I'd, I'd walk down and I would see these big um, trucks going to the um, Mint because downtown DC, you know, all of these federal buildings are right there. So uh, you'd see uh, the um, trucks coming in, bringing in these piled big bales of money. And uh, I remember asking a guy that was standing outside a security guard, I said, what are they gonna do with all that money, man? He said, oh, that they're gonna burn that. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, they're gonna burn that. 
I was like, wow, are you kidding me? And that was the first time I became, I became aware that they, that they burned that money. It's nothing to them. It's because they can, but yet you're killing each other over there. So that should tell you that has no value to them. The only value that has to them, while our kids are throwing this money up in the air like it's a God, is how they use it to deceive and manipulate you. Okay. Uh, so, again, this is from uh, July 29th, 2021. That consumerism, black consumerism, 1.1 trillion per year, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. July 29, 2021, which was an increase over July uh, 2019, which we spent $835 billion. <sighs> Boy, this is crazy. The other thing, too, is all cultures live around each other. Uh, yeah. Six, seven of them living in a house together. But they tell black folks, oh, no, you know, have your own. Make sure that they, you know, you don't give them no break. Let them go out and get it on their own. Yeah, in certain things, yeah, you should. Okay, but when it comes to building wealth, there are certain sacrifices, particularly in housing, that all other people get except us. And this is because, okay, we have bought into this lie, which they don't practice, they practice it in front of you. Well, they'll show you one person or a couple standing in a big mansion, okay? But you don't see the people around the corner that's a part of your, their group, okay? So when, when a black people, or, you know, and I know we have issues with our family, we have issues with friends. It's hard for us to live together, man. Okay, let's just say it for what it is. But this is one of the reasons why our power has been diluted. Okay, because all other cultures, again, I say this to people, man. This was one of the great benefits that uh, I had um, living here in California is that I get to see um, other cultures from all around the world. And they are not playing, okay? They are working together. They are building, okay? And, and they, they, a lot of them can't even speak English. But one thing that they know, they know this communistic manifesto system and how it operates. They know that. Okay, they may not be as smart and intelligent with as many degrees as us, okay? But trust and believe that, uh, you know, I often wonder if it's better for us even not to go to college, okay? Because they're training their kids just like all of the major corporations you see today started out as one horse uh, carts, 
Okay. Some of these um, trucks that you see, these Latino people that they have their children working in and stuff, black people walk by and laugh. But guess what? Some of them trucks make two, three thousand dollars a week. Same thing with uh, some of these East Indian people when I see them, what they're doing. So we've been we've been miseducated, as Carter G. Woodson said. We've been bamboozled, as Malcolm said. Okay, and we somehow think that things that appear or glitter, as they say, everything that glitters is not gold. But somehow we think glitter is gold when it's not. Okay, so again, you know, we can't live around each other anymore. This is why we used to have thriving black communities. You saw the results of that. Okay, but due to jealousy and enviousness, you know, which are low vibratory traits that's been given to us. But this equates to a loss of cons consolidation of economic power. And this is the bottom line. And this is why they fight so hard to keep you in the condition you're in. Okay. Because, because they know that with $1.8 trillion that you could literally move mountains. If you, if you consolidated that economic power, okay, they know what you could do with that. So this is why there is a continual... I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help? No, shut up. Uh, this is why there is a continuous attack and use of the Willie Lynch 2023 syndrome where all of the things that we read in the beginning are still in play. Okay. Let's look at, uh, oh, this is the statistic I was looking for earlier. Okay. Black, last year, well, in 2021, black spending power reached a record of 1.6 trillion. But now this is crazy. But our net worth, the things that have accessible value, not clothes and cars and jewelry and Air Jordans, our net worth declined by a whopping 14%. How is that? I mean, how is that even possible? Because I tried to run the numbers. I could never come up with how that's possible. Do you know how many of our people have to be spending that kind of money for uh, our uh, as, uh, for our uh, net worth to decline 14%? These are, these are things that... Uh, you know, and again, you know, I love our people. I, 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 I get angry at this kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, we have to come out of this uh, spell of self-hatred. We're going to be destroyed as a people. We cannot continue these same behaviors. And more importantly, 
we have to stop these generational curses right now. We cannot allow our children to continue with these same mind-numbing behaviors. Now, I know that we like to think of ourselves as intelligence, but when people look at these type of statistics, okay, uh, they beg to differ. This is why people don't have any respect for black people. Okay, and it's not that we don't have the money, but we're so concerned with trying to outdo the other one. Okay, and even the ants know better. Okay, and matter of fact, when you can get an ant farm and observe this, when those army ants go out to get food and they come back, and one of the ants come back without his portion of food, they bite his head off. I've observed this because a friend of mine had me to observe this when I was studying this. So, you know, I mean, we're no more intelligent than, than I am, if you want to be honest about it. They bite that ant head off. And what does that say about us as a people? We cannot continue this behavior. <laughs> this stuff kind of stuff make me sick, man. 14% decline in our net worth, but yet we have a spending power of 1.6, a record spending power of 1.6 trillion. How is that even possible? But yet you have these people, they're parading on TV like they're doing so much for black people. Like black people are doing so well. Yeah, I'm a very optimistic person, okay? But we have to get down in the trenches right now. These people are not no devil, okay? This system has you in hell right here on earth, okay? These counterfeit spirits. It ain't nobody with no horns and no pitchfork living underneath the earth, okay? Because when you transition, your spirit is not going to no place called no hell. You are living here in hell right now. There is a real war for heaven, not in heaven, okay? And they have been winning this war for 465 years, 100 years. Okay, and it's not again because our people have the fiat. Okay, it's not that. Okay, uh, one of the other statistics before I look at some of the solutions that many of you may or may not agree with, but I'm going to read them anyway. Uh, these are the companies that target. This $1.6 trillion, at least they um, they market towards black people more than any other companies, corporations. Walmart, YouTube, Lysol. I'm surprised, Lysol? But of course, um, you know, Lysol has a lot of other chemical products. Um, and, he, and I've heard before some of the, those products are even... I mean, uh, chemicals are even in some of the um, beauty products that our women use. Uh, Visa, 
Okay. Dove. Netflix and Google. So yes, Google is targeting you. And, and these statistics are from February 8th, 2023. Here's another statistics that's mind numbing. Okay. Uh, black people spend six times more or our women spend six times more on skincare products than the whole general market. This is September 5th, 2023 study. And four times more on hair products. Now, let's talk about, finally, let's talk about uh, some of the solutions that we can use to kind of combat this. This is not you know, all of the, this is just a few of them that I looked at and compared them to our behavior that may um, kind of stem the, the flow of the tide a little bit. Chess should be mandatory for black children to learn. Should be taught in the black homes. Some of you need to learn how to play this game. Okay. Uh, why? Because it makes you think. And it makes you look at at least four to eight different angles of the game. And so this will teach our children to look at things from a strategic standpoint, not just from the narratives that's being given to them, even if it's being given to them by you. Okay. Now, I know some of our people may get upset about, about a few of these uh, a solution, I don't care about that. Okay, we're way beyond, you know, being sensitive about these things. Stop celebrating European holidays. Okay, we spend a astronomical amount of money on these holidays. For what? Why are we spending billions of dollars on these holidays? This makes no sense at all. And as I always say, more importantly, we are passing down the Willie Lynch syndrome to our children. We are doing that. Okay. We're doing that. Stop buying Christmas gifts. If you're going to spend money on friends or family, buy them some type of stock. Okay. Something that they that has some kind of essential value that they can use. Stop buying this stuff, like all of these toys that are being buy them some type of educational material that can help them. Um, I created a natureversity game. It hasn't gone to manufacturing yet um, because I don't have the financing to do it. But trust and believe, uh, it's going to happen. Okay. It's a, called Natureversity One, and it's based on using our, our natural concepts that'll cause our children to think, okay? But I guarantee you, our people are gonna be buying a lot of these toys, spending a lot of money on a lot of nonsense, okay? Even with fiat, 
you know, the thing is, is we have to get out of this habit of looking at fiat as something of value. I know that we need it to pay bills and to sustain ourselves every day. Okay. But even if it, when I think back to our parents in the community I grew up in, okay, where, <clears throat> you know, I grew up in the South, okay, in Savannah, Georgia. And although, you know, I lived in five states and six cities, okay, the one thing that I learned from where I grew up at is the barter system. So if you had sugar and your neighbor had salt, then they, my, my mom and them, they would trade, you know, they didn't use no money or they would use um, the Walgreens stamps and trade with each other. They traded with each other. They didn't use fiat, okay? I ne as a matter of fact, the few times I went with my mother to the grocery store, I never seen her use fiat. She she used the stamps, or they would cut out stuff from um, the newspaper. Okay, she would sit down. My mom would sit down all day, okay, and cut out newspaper um, coupons, the Walgreens stamps, okay, and you know use those to trade with other neighbors. I, you know, I don't see how it is that our people can't go back to some type of barter system. Okay. I, I don't see why we can't. Because to be honest with you, if we did that, first of all, first thing that would do was re would remove this jealousy we have over this fiat. Because that ain't going to save us. And that's not going to change the condition we're in. Okay, that's already been proven, okay? The other thing we have to do is, okay, when you get together on Thanksgiving, because we know that our people are going to get together on these holidays, we're talking about changing systemic behavior. So when you get together on Thanksgiving and Christmas, share black empowerment information. That's the, that's the best time okay, to share black empowerment information, to get together, watch videos on black empowerment, watch videos with the children on what, you know, forget about these, uh, you know, if you watch a movie, watch a movie pertaining to what our people had to go through to get to the point we're at. So we're talking about changing behavior because clearly from a psychosocial um, perspective that our people, okay, are basically fighting against themselves right now. And, and uh, I remember, I think it was Dr. Claude Anderson uh, did a video on inappropriate behavior. This is what's killing us now. It, it's our behavior not just in our spending, but in terms of how we relate to each other. And, and I, I went to a store that's owned by uh, some Arabs. Um, 
was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I saw. So there is one store. They're in the same block, but I saw them wheeling out like inventory to the other one, and so you know I, I knew one of the guys I know. I said, "Oh man, you're getting that inventory in early, huh?" He said, "Oh yeah, we have our own inventory. We we inventory from here, and then we stock that store." And I'm thinking to myself. What is it with our people that we can't do this with each other? Why is it that these people who, who come to our country, or, or even the ones that grow up in this country, why is it that they look at things differently? How is it that they can, how they can take inventory from their stores, give it to this one, trade with them, and keep their businesses going? When we can't even get two or three black folks to sit down and collaborate on something, there's something seriously wrong. You know, and I know I might sound like I'm preaching today, but this this particular subject, when I researched it again, this really got to me more than uh, a lot of the um, research I've done. Because, you know, you, on the one hand, you got these people saying, oh, slavery has been over for blah, blah, blah. Really? Slavery might have been over, but our people are still in slavery. Okay. And this is a fact. So when you say slavery is over, I don't know what you're talking about, Willis. Okay. Because our people are more enslaved now than they have ever been. But again, a lot of it is our own doing, okay? And until we make up in our mind that we have a natural enemy, that Kumbaya is not gonna save us, and that we start doing some specific things to attack these behaviors, we're gonna get steamrolled. I hate to say it. We, from, from what I'm looking at, because, the majority of, well, I don't want to say the majority, but a large percentage of our people look at each other as the enemy. Okay. It was just plain and simple. A lot of our people, we look at each other as, well, I need to step over you. I need to get above you. It's, it's nothing we all seek to go from a caterpillar to a butterfly, to have a metamorphosis to become our higher self. But we're forgetting something, okay? We're forgetting that becoming our higher self is the will of the creator, the divine law of oneness. Whereas we're looking at people who have plagiarized and put a narrative in front of you as the value of our life, and it's not. It's your own brothers and sisters. And the, and the minute you can come to grips with that, the better off we will be. Okay, and, and finally, stop watching so much TV, man. Okay, the black people you see on TV, those people you see are not acting out uh, your reality, okay? Trust and believe that these are scripts that are written, okay, not for you, okay, but it's written 
okay, to perpetuate all of the things that we were we have been discussing today. Okay, start your own bank. You only need three people. I told you I learned this a long time ago from a Filipino friend of mine. And he was saying they only put five or ten dollars in uh every two weeks. I was like, black people are not gonna be able to trust each other like that, man. And he was like, Well, we don't have problems there. We don't have to go to no bank. You know, we just don't have these problems. And uh, I said, Really? He's like, no. He said, Man, if we had the kind of money that black folks have. It, it, it would be a no-brainer. I was like, yeah, I believe it. Because I saw, you know, I, I used to work with him. I, I saw what they do. So, you know, before, when I used to hear all this stuff, and I never actually experienced it, it was one thing. But the reason why I can speak so forcefully on this stuff now is because I've actually witnessed this. And my question is, what is wrong with the so-called intelligent black man and woman? What is, what is wrong with us? That's my question. And the final thing that I want to say is stop killing each other, man. Stop killing each other physically. Stop killing each other psychologically. And stop killing each other uh, spiritually. Just because somebody is not the same religion as you are. And first of all, okay, religion is just man's way of trying to comprehend the creator of the universe, okay? So you don't have any special um, privilege above another person. I don't care what you call yourself, okay? I don't care what kind of status or title you have or think you have. Um, your religion does not give you the right, okay, to put someone else down or to say, oh, well, you know, you're going to hell because you, no, you're already in hell. Instead of you saying, hey, let's, let's help each other get out of hell. Or more importantly, let's help each other in this fight for heaven. And, and again, I say black people have the ability more than anybody with all that we are facing and have faced. We have the ability more than anyone else to change this condition, but we're not going to change it, um, perpetuating this same behavior that, that we are. And uh, the, the other thing, too, is, again, um, like part of the, the Willie Lynch uh, syndrome and theory and strategy is where we're putting people against each other based on whether or not they live on a hill in the valley, east, west, north, or south, okay? This is, uh, you know, this is a behavior that we absolutely can change. But it's gotten worse because our children, you know, they're caught up into this. When, again, we don't own any cities. We don't even own any counties. <laughs> We don't own any states, okay? Now, if, if you got together and, and you own a, a city or a county, then I can see you making that kind of a statement. If somebody come in your city 
and then you say blah 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 well respect my city <laughs> you don't own these places man and not only that you don't own a bank in, in any of these cities you don't own a medical facility in any of these cities you see how crazy this is you don't own any major uh distribution or manufacturing uh corporations in these cities you don't even own no stores in these cities or, or major uh, grocery outlets. So what is it exactly that you're claiming? Because I, I don't see, based on the numbers, where we're claiming anything other than what we're talking out of our mouth and putting each other down. So, um, you know, to kind of wrap this up, you know, like I said, I've lived in six cities, five states, you know, and, and it's basically the same thing, whether it's uh, Georgia, whether it's uh, Maryland, Baltimore, whether it's D.C., whether it's Chicago, whether it's uh, uh, New York, and all these places I've lived, California, regardless of where it is, okay, we have the same behavior with our people across the board. And something is wrong with this. There is something, okay, that is going on with our people that have us under this kind of spell, okay? And, and, and again, a lot of it is this behavior that um, we, we talked about today that came directly from Willie Lynch. So the next time somebody tell you, well, you know, I wasn't in slavery or, or uh, I didn't put black people in slavery or uh, slavery is not going on right now, okay? You need to refer them to this video, okay? Because numbers don't lie, okay? And uh, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say, um, you know? I know that we can do better. And, and um, yeah, this is what I want to end on, is that even though with all of this, our people still have the spiritual, psychological, and physical fortitude because we have survived, okay? Not only have we survived, we have thrived. Imagine this, okay? You have not been given anything, but you created it, it, the, everything you have from nothing. Think of the tremendous amount of energy that takes. Now think about if you were able to consolidate that. You see, you see the position that we're in and how we can get past this, but we have to, some of these solutions that I gave, we have to put this into play. We really do. And with that, Brother Lance, I think I'll close. Powerful, powerful, powerful. rambling now. <laughs> oh, no, it's powerful, brother. It's powerful. Trust me. If you have a huge tub of gasoline, uh -huh. you it with something else, half, yeah. you let a match, it's still going to blow up. So even <laughs> if I was to listen in to your midnight REM sleep, overnight psychobabble, that would be more sense 
than a lot of these people out here talking, especially in entertainment, the rappers, the movies, the TV shows, all who are compromised. This is unbridled truth. So you could never ramble. It's all nutritious. The crumb that's dropped on the floor just as nutritious as the crumb that's on the table. Yes, sir. So I appreciate all that you've put in and I'm looking forward to the next one already. And I'm going to listen to this one over and over until, because the statistics that you dropped and shared, this is what needs to be taught in school and talked about at the dinner table at home. Yes, sir. To not repeat this because we're doing it to ourselves right now. We have all the power. Yeah. We know the system is against us, but we depend on brothers like you to unlock our ignorance, which means we just don't know of our mind to bring us to a higher level. And I can't get enough of you, brother. It's all got to be high level for me from this point on. And um, Well, thank you, brother Lance, for everything that you do, man. And uh, I, I tell you, if, you know, the just the fact that you exist, and this is a, you are a perfect example of this. If you take one brother like you that has the energy and the Nibiru spirit that you have, Look how many people, including me, lives that you have affected. And see, and this is because you have the ability of what I was talking about earlier, where you can look beyond a lot of the nonsense with our people and still deal with relevant issues that are going to help us. Because a lot of our people got to the point where they're like, the heck with these Negroes. You know what I'm saying? I'm sick of them. I ain't spending no more time trying to convince them to do nothing. I'm going to get my own and whatever happened to them, so be it. But right. you know, a brother like you, you know, you, you, the work that you put in and the things that you do and your platform is a shining bright light for us, brother. And so the, the energy is reciprocated. I thank That's you, brother. And I thank you. Thank you for your acknowledgement. That's even more fuel to keep on going. Thank you so much. I'm a servant, brother. So as long as I can serve, I'm happy. Yes, I'm sir. The camera or behind the camera, or even the whole week when I don't see you, I'm still doing <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, you know, I, I got my eyes on you. You say all eyes on you. <laughs> 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 well, the way you mean it, the way you mean it is a good way because when I go into Caucasian and Korean establishments, oh, it's all eyes on me, but a whole different way. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. It feels good the way you're saying it. <laughs> right, right. I feel way. you on that, bro. I feel you on that. Yes. Well, Ended all right, up on brother, the- I know you got a busy day ahead. Peace and yes. love to you. And uh, look forward to uh, connecting with you again. Keep up yes. the great work. Thank you, brother. Much love. Much love. Much love. Thank you.
Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Why is everybody making progress, yet we seem to be lagging so far behind? Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition, stripped of our names, our language, our culture, our God? and our religion. Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly Before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took jute, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path, the whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. America, we were living in the east by the Nile River. We were living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality. We wore silken robes and slippers of gold. We were the wealthiest and the wisest people, I'm told. Now we are the poorest of the poor. Nobody wants us at their door. So, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven, black man hell. When the white man came to America, he told the Indian, I am your white brother. He said, Red man, I'll treat you the best. 
Yet and still he pushed the Indian further west with his white woman and fire water. With tricks and lies, he stole America, the original owner of this nation. Is cooped up on a reservation. So, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven, black man hell. He needed someone to work the land. His back was too weak. He needed you, black man, so he commissioned. Sir John Hawkins to commit the world's most grievous sin to take a man who's born to be free and bring him down to slavery to sell a man as merchandise on his body put a price oh my friend it's easy to tell white man heaven is black man hell showed up in our country telling us of a land filled with luxury he said black man follow me to america there you'll find more gold for your labor our four parents were tricked onto his boat since that time we've been wrestling with the gold we landed here in jamestown virginia for a hundred years to suffer so my friend it's easy to tell white man heaven is black man hell when the slave master wanted to have some sport he would heap on our parents' cruelties of the worst sort, burn them at stake, 
and them on trees. His ears were deaf to our parents' pleas. Though you were pregnant, black woman, you pulled the plow like a horse, like a dog, even a cow. He filled your womb with his wicked seed. His half white children, you were made to breed. Oh, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven is a black man hell. called Negro, open up your eyes, black man everywhere is on the rise, he has kicked the white man out of Asia, and he's going fast out of Africa, with every ounce of strength and breath, his cry is give us liberty or give us death, the whole black world has their eyes on you, to see what the so-called Negro is going to do. So my friend, it's easy to tell, our unity will give the white man hell. God made a promise to Abraham, his seed would be a stranger. In a foreign land, they would suffer and be afflicted for hundred years, but he would come and wipe away their tears. Our God and Savior, Allah has come, he has declared. The white man's day is done. He has given us a divine messenger. One prophesied to come. His name is Elijah. We now can stand up the whole world to tell. Our God has come to give us heaven. And take the devil into. <laughs>